Let's go! From the four corners of the globe, welcome to the Park Chat Theme Park Podcast. Join us as we dive deep into a world of fun and adventure to discover what Australia's theme parks are all about. Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to Park Chat. I'm joined with Matt here. I was going to say live from Gumbaya, but that's not really... Well, it's live at the moment, isn't it? That's true. So, we're at uh, Gumbaya World on the s- eastern end of Melbourne. Southeastern, yeah. Southeastern. It's a bit different having Ash in Victoria. He clearly doesn't know where he is at the moment, but that's no, okay. No, my left and my rights and my ups and my downs, we're all mixed up here. And that's before I even get on those new roller coasters that they've installed here. That's right. So, Matt, just tell our listeners from both Australia and, I guess, overseas what Gumbaya World has been doing recently. Yeah, so I'm sure everyone's uh, familiar with what I've been talking about with the roller coasters over the last few episodes, but we're finally here. We're open. Um, we've got a brand new Vekoma SFC 450, which, correct me if I'm wrong, is the same one that Movie World's building next year, Ash? I believe so. There might be subtle differences. Uh, and the other mm-hmm. thing as well, the uh, the name escapes me, but I wrote it a few months ago at Dollywood. They've mm-hmm. obviously got a, a very, very similar or near identical version as well there. So, it's starting to get around. It's kind of the new age roller skater that you used to see a lot of the theme parks at Vekoma were uh, dishing out. So, yeah. yeah, I think we'll see more of these still to come. And look, I would I would be very supportive if there are more to come. A lot of people, when they think of, I guess, a, a family roller coaster or a child's roller coaster, you're going to be thinking of Roadrunner, Escape from Madagascar. This one is easily a step up from that. Now, uh, I just want to, I guess, give our viewers a little bit of a heads up. We're outdoors. It's loud. It's windy. It's hot. But we, we like the wind because it's actually breaking the heat a little bit. That, that is true. It is 40 degrees right now um, for our overseas viewers or listeners, rather. Let me just get a uh, I Fahrenheit. I reckon that's around 100. I reckon it's a little... I think it's about 104. Let's have a look. No, I'm going to say 102. 104. Oh, he's on it. Well, there you to go. Be fair, Ash has gone to America a few times. Oh, I just... I remember looking at 100 and thinking it wasn't too bad once, so that's probably why I'm thinking it's over 100. So oh, There you go. Um, mm. Now, our other ride that we've got is the, I've forgotten the brand of it now, the Mauer Skyloop. Ah, the Buzzsaw. The Buzzsaw. Um, purchased from the park, completely refurbished. Like, you wouldn't know it's a pre-owned ride looking at it. Um, brand new colour scheme. It basically looks like Green Lantern now, uh, but I think... I'm happy to hear your thoughts when we actually go in and look at it, but I think this theme probably suits the ride a lot more than Buzzsaw did. It makes a bit more sense. So, for people at home, the theme of this one is sort of like a a space testing site in the middle of regional Victoria. It's supposed to simulate that you're taking off. Obviously, it's not a launch coaster, so it's like you're taking off in a plane, or not a plane, um, a spaceship, but it's got more of that, you know, well, you know, vertical lift. You know the space shuttles they used to put on the plane, so it would like slowly take off, and then when they're at you know fifty thousand feet or yeah. forty thousand feet, they'd launch it. Yeah. Well, it's like this. Yeah. Actually, I don't know if they just used to launch it up there or they used to just transport it, but it's probably more akin to that than a space shuttle launch, isn't it? It's Could the, be. It's the transport plane. Mm. Yeah. The, you know, taking you off nice and slowly. 
But Matt, you are right. We ha- I haven't ridden it yet. Uh, let me just adjust my volumes here. Uh, yes, I haven't ridden it yet. We're, we're going to very shortly. It's hot. There's a little bit of a line. So we're just, just going to talk a little bit more about our, our first impressions, or I guess my first impressions. Yeah. So uh, last time you were here, Ash, was literally m- like mi- weeks, minutes, seconds before ground was broken. Yes. Um, we, we, we were trying to guess where it was going to go. Yeah, because at this point, we had no idea that they were building TNT, which is the Vacoma ride. We thought it was just um, the Skyloop. We had no idea what else they were putting in, and we're looking at all these blue surveying dots on the floor, and we just couldn't figure it well, out. Well, we were confused because we saw more dots than what would have been for just, you know, a buzzsaw. Yeah. So, I mean... We, we, we knew something else was coming, to, but yeah. we, I don't think anyone would have predicted a second roller coaster. Now, for those that haven't seen photos or have seen photos and I guess want a little bit of a hot take on, on you know, what, what I think and what we think of the the overall park expansion. Just to fill everyone in as well, Ash is currently pivoting. We, we are recording a video just in, in case we want to use this later, but he's pivoting away from me. Just to look at the rides, so that's how fresh his opinion is. Oh yes, this is this is live. This is this is live. He's yes. not even talking to me anymore. No, it's gotten a bit rude at this point, <laughs> hasn't it? I'll, I'll go off memory and I'll look at you, Matt. Happy? Uh, look, look at it. Look at it. I want to. I want to hear these fresh thoughts. All right. So, my first impression, because it's forty degrees, is any more shade? <laughs> I am sweating quite a lot. So, actually, what whilst it is taking off right now, what are your thoughts on the sound effects of TNT? Because yes, right now, to yes. explain to everyone, there's a chain lift sound that's playing as it's going up, and it's about to have a giant explosion sound through the tunnel. Well, let's just take a pause. We can. Oh, that was the explosion. That was. Oh, I talked over it. You might not actually hear it because I have found in my recordings it doesn't pick up quite as well on um on recording as it does in real life, but it's like a low rumble that you can hear from quite a distance away. Look, my impressions uh, of the, the TNT roller coaster are very positive. Um, I do think a few little more trees would be good. Um, I'm trying to take note of what they've planted, and I don't think many of them look like they're going to provide a lot of shade, so that's probably my only criticism. Other than that, they've done a fantastic job. Just to give you an idea of the level of detail this roller coaster has the sections that are basically almost backstage. You really aren't going to be walking that way. Are fully painted to look like a real brick wall with uh, cornicing and everything. So they've gone to a lot of detail to to really make this thing well themed. Um, ov- obviously, the station building looks really cool. The station fly through is, is is a nice touch. The sound effects, as Matt mentioned, are, are very cool. Um, they are probably subtle enough to sort of just sink into the background like because i until it was actually going up its friction wheel yep tire lift and i heard the and you mentioned it. i was like oh yeah so it, it, it's definitely a nice addition without seeming fake project zero definitely has more of a white tin shed look but that could just be what they're going for my impressions are that that most of the theming both probably planning and budget went into the uh, the TNT, but in saying that, you know, we haven't gone yet into the queue line for Project Zero, but Matt, you mentioned it's air-conditioned, which is a really nice touch. It is. So, I mean, it looks good. It's not, I mean, it's not as immersive, I guess you would say. It looks a little bit, and probably just the theme as well, it's kind of a bit like, you know, it's a bit on its own, mm. you know, but but besides those, you know, they've done a good job, and yeah, I would say both roller coasters, I mean, we've had some worse major roller coaster theming. Like, you know, DC Rivals. So, yes, Gumbaya 
from a theming and general presentation, have knocked it out of the park. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Uh, you know, for a regional park as well. Yep. And yeah, it's going to be, I mean, I've done both of these rides types before, so I'm not in for any surprises, but it's going to be interesting to see how it rides compared to the Buzzsaw. Yeah, definitely. Um, as I mentioned, it's been completely refurbished, so it's not just like a ride that they've purchased and, oh, how's my sound? Yeah, good. It's a bit, we're both a bit up and down. It's oh, Okay. Um, yeah, it's completely refurbished. It's not like they've just sort of picked it up from Dreamworld and plonked it down here. You literally wouldn't tell by looking at it that it was Buzzsaw. Let me ask you, you know, in your, because you obviously run Mitty theme parks, which is yep. more of a Victorian-centric, you know, content. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, your followers, are they mentioning that it's Buzzsaw? Definitely. Oh, they are. Um, look, I don't, I don't come out and say, look, it's Buzzsaw. I would say it's Project Zero because I give it the identity that it has now. Um, and a lot of people would just respond with, that's Buzzsaw or that's just Buzzsaw painted green. Uh, and it is. Maybe try- yeah. Just Closer? Win. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, people do know that it is Buzzsaw. And I think that actually brings a bit of excitement to it. That there's a ride that people have gone on in Queensland that they can now go on here in Victoria. Now, look, you can cut this out if you like. You don't. You don't have to. You know, air this. But you know, I think you've gotten the impression from the parks that they don't like to refer to it as the Buzzsaw. You, you do you think that's wrong? Do you think that they should pay homage to what it was and and say, hey, we got a Gold Coast attraction. You know, we are heading in the right direction. Yeah. Look, I think. I think you can go both ways really, really easily. And I think that's probably why they're erring on the side of caution. Very, very well, they could say this is a Gold Coast attraction and, you know, we've saved this Gold Coast attraction is now here and it would work really well for them. But knowing Dreamworld's history, um, I feel okay, like they just sort yeah, of maybe fair. want to distance themselves enough where, because all I'm thinking is if something does happen and we know what the media is like, the media will pick it up and they'll refer back to it. So, we just want to be, I guess they want to be careful with, how that's taken. Yes. And also, you, you don't want to build your park with the impression you're building all these secondhand rides, which is not true because we've got the brand new TNT, but, you know. And, I mean, as you mentioned as well, um, you know, they've, they've poured a lot of money into Project Zero, so you don't want to, you know, diminish that by saying, oh, yeah, secondhand ride. Yeah, yeah. Da, da, da. So, you know, and I think credit to them for going the extra mile on the ride, both from a behind-the-scenes refurbishment and also just painting the damn thing. Um, yep. Probably needed it anyway, but you know that they've they've gone every step they can to make it appear to be a, a ride fresh from you know a manufacturer. manufacturer. Yeah. yeah, and look, I don't have confirmation because the people who refurbished it, to my knowledge, haven't posted anything about it. There was a piece of track sitting um, in the cafe when they were doing their previews at the park, and a bit of paint had chipped off it. And I think that just happens when you're moving track around, and it was fresh metal underneath. So. From what I can see, it's not just a repaint. It's a full paint strip, probably done whatever you need to do. I'm not a metal worker to the track to, to fix it up and then repainted that. Awesome. So, there you have it, folks. That's our that's our first impressions. Now, we're, we're going to go very shortly to ride these things. I know, Matt, you already have, but we'll perhaps just leave that for my thoughts and we'll talk about it together. But just to take a little bit of an intermission, Matt, you're heading to the Gold Coast very shortly. Yes, in uh, early February. And excited about tackling Leviathan and Triton, the, you know, the other attractions being launched? Yeah, I, I'm pretty excited to see the theming of um, Leviathan. I'm probably m- yeah. more excited for Leviathan than I am for Triton. Um, 
from what I've seen on videos, especially Blake's video that he recorded for us that we posted up on YouTube, it's probably the best themed ride in Australia. And I know we don't like to give that title out too often, but I'd probably say that's the best themed ride in Australia. Would you agree going actually being there and seeing it? Uh, look, yes. Um, I'm just trying to... You said ride, not roller coaster. So, suddenly we're comparing it to the uh. likes of Justice League. And I know everyone, well, many don't like Justice League at Movie World. It's still very well themed. You've obviously got Scooby-Doo, Wild West, Gremlins, Looney Tunes River Ride. So, it is a... That's a, that's a valid point. Yeah. That's um, a very valid point. I didn't think of that. Maybe roll, gonna, best themed roller coaster. Yeah, well, even that I feel like, you know. Um, Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Mm. I mean, again, you know, we're talking opening day quality, not today quality. Um, Look, I'm just glad that they've gone to the level that they have. They have. They've really pushed the envelopes, and I think it's probably the most technological, technologically advanced theming we've seen. Yep. Um, I would argue it's, it's probably, I mean, really, I mean, it, it is... What is it? LCD screens with surround sound. So it's you know maybe we shouldn't talk it up too much. But if you think about what the the investment would have been, that would not have been cheap. No. The animations are very well done. So yeah, I think Leviathan is certainly up there. Mm. And I think you know we will talk a little bit more about this in a dedicated Leviathan episode. We've had a little bit of a well, it's had a little bit of a topsy turvy run in the last couple of months or yep. weeks or whatever it has been. So. You know, both us and the roller coaster, we haven't really had a chance to really talk about it yet. So, we've we got to do that with Blake. But, yep. yeah, it'll be good once you ride it to, to get your impressions. I'm nervous. I'm only there for a few days. So, I'm nervous that, you know, will it actually be open when I'm there? Will it be operating? Mm. Uh, but we'll see. Let me ask you, opening day here, how you know, at Gumbaya World, how was the reliability of these rides? Um, so, opening day, both of them opened around midday. So, TNT opened around 12 and Project Zero probably about an hour after that. Um, and, and, and since then, it was, it was being pretty good. I've never seen any issues with it. Doesn't mean that there haven't been, but I haven't. The dispatches are getting faster. The, the team's getting faster. On the actual launch day, um, it was very interesting because they clearly wanted it open on that day. They weren't going to push it back any further. They were, as we were standing out waiting for the ride to open, they were bringing theming elements out and they were still setting up the ride, like putting up all the signage in the queue. So, they really put it, you know, came down to the, the, the wire, but they were able to open it at a pretty good standard and to build it in like that timeline as well. I feel like that's almost unheard of. Which is kind of like polar opposite to Leviathan at SeaWorld because, you know, regardless of what was happening behind the scenes, I, I can't attest to that. It was sitting there for a long time and it had construction delays and whatnot. And I believe, like, ironically to what we were saying, they actually did more theming because of the, 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 the delays. They, they had time or, or you know, they, they thought, hey, we should do something extra. That's a bit of a rumor. I don't know that's, that's fact, but that's what I heard. So, yeah, it's kind of funny how, um, you know, they sort of had time on their sides, at least in certain elements of the, of the ride. And yet it's the one closed and not having great runs. But that As could just be, to come by on. yeah, that could just come down to the ride. Like these are roller coasters, actual steel roller coasters, not wooden. So there's True. a lot more, I guess, security in in how that will work. Um, not to say that these have opened, like they've opened on time, but they're still theming that needs to be done. And from my understanding, that theming is 
coming still. So oh, so there's more on the way. There's more on the way. Like when I wrote on them last, there wasn't any audio in the queue for Project Zero and I know that was coming. So it's just things like that where they haven't just been like, all right, we've opened it. Let's move yes. on. They're quite happy to continue to invest in it and show, you know, the Gold Coast theme parks. As soon as you open it, doesn't mean theming's done. Yeah, that's that's really awesome to hear. Mm. Well, look, I think we should go ride the uh, the two roller coasters. Now, for those playing at home, we are going to obviously come back very shortly and give you our impression. So, it's going to be a little bit of a stop here and we're going to resume very shortly. But tomorrow, will the next episode release, we're actually going to have a chat with the owners of Funfield. So, tomorrow, our Sunday, we're going to Funfield. So, we've yep. got a pretty jam-packed weekend between, obviously, Gumbaya World and Funfield. So, it's yep. it's going to... And then go, you... Going to SeaWorld. I mean, we've got some content coming up. It's exciting times. Yeah, definitely. And with Funfields as well, we'll speak about more of it tomorrow. Um, I guess they're, they're rival to these roller coasters, which would have been planned a lot further mm. in advance, was their new slide supernova. Um, and we're going to learn a lot about the planning oh, behind beautiful. that tomorrow. Which so, it'd is- be good, yeah, I guess to compare how the public is receiving these new rides, both at Gumbaya and Funfields, what do they value more? Um, and what park they would rather put their money into. I'm going to make an interesting comment. You know, it is 40 degrees. There's no clouds in the sky. So, this is a day where, you know, this is going to be probably an extreme sample. But the water park side of Gumbaya World is packed. Yep. This section here with the roller coasters and the kids' rides, it's busy. But it's not, not like as the busy. water. It's not like the water park. And if you take the restaurant, which yes is centered more towards the water park, but still the main food outlet, everyone's wearing swimmers. So yeah. a lot of people are in the water. So suddenly, Funfields, you know, people are going, "Oh, they're just building water rides." Well, actually, if you if you take a sample of what what we're seeing here today, that's more that's more popular with the locals. Yeah, I think especially on like for those aren't in Victoria. A 40-degree day, it's pretty uncommon in Victoria. Usually, early year, Jan, Feb, we'll get a couple. Um, but it's un- it's unusual for us to have such warm days. So, I think when it is so hot, people are going to want to jump into a pool or jump onto a water slide. Um, I still think the roller coasters are going to bring something to the park the public's probably not ready for yet. And I think we'll see how that goes over the winter period. But I do believe that you're right in that the people in Victoria really do value water parks and water slides, especially on days like this. Well, uh, I was hoping you were going to finish on the uh, the roller coaster oh. for the Segway. Oh, um, the, they look so shiny and new. All right. Well, that uh, that's all I need. Let's go ride some roller coasters. We'll come back to you guys shortly. Sounds good. I'll see you guys soon. All right, Matt. So, uh, we've just done the, well, we've done both roller coasters now. Yeah. Now- before we jump into it, you reckon the audio sounds a lot better in here because of all the, the padding and the less wind and the less screaming? Yeah, so we are recording inside the car because uh, Gumbai World is just shut and it's hot, so hopefully it doesn't sound too bad Apparently it's 44 degrees outside. I don't know how accurate that is. Yeah, it's, it's a hot one, that's for sure. So uh, I guess let's take this through. So Project Zero, a.k.a. Buzzsaw. Yeah, maybe I should lead the conversation sure. since you're the one who's just experienced. Um, okay, Matt, you, you tell me what to do. No problem. Yeah, yeah. Look, Project Zero, Ash has been on it for the very first time. He's never ridden this exact roller coaster before. Isn't that right? 
Well, I mean, I've done Buzzsaw, but no, I haven't done Project Zero here at... Oh, is that, was that the joke? You that were... was the joke. Yeah, oh, it went right over your head. Right over my head. We'll, we'll skip, skip that over that. Um, all the theming. So, from outside, I don't know if you noticed the red dirt outside the building. I actually did notice that. Um, uh, there's a part of me that thought that was a cool detail. The other part was like, would, would guests just think they need to do better at growing the grass? So, mm. um, but no, I did, I did appreciate that detail, but yeah, I just don't know if, yeah, if everyone yeah, will. Yeah, that's fair. No, so red dirt out the front, um, a security buggy when you walk in. Yes. It's a very loud and echoey room, so we'll look past that for a little bit. Like I appreciated that they put, I don't think it was air conditioned, it was just airflow, that was good. Mm. So, that was, that was good, that helped take the edge off, but yeah, it was, it was a relatively basic shell i mean my the exterior thoughts of that versus tnt were the same you know inside and out it, it is a lot more basic but mm. you know it's still decent i'd probably put it on the same level as say dc right no it's probably a bit better than dc rivals i think out of the two project Q-wise, zero yeah not the roller coaster type yeah project zero definitely has less theming in the queue compared to tnt but it is still relatively bare bones. I don't know if that's going to change. I don't know if they're going to add anything more. Um, but it was. It was a little bit bare. The operations, uh, look, I mean, what, what, it was today, Matt, the operations, was that the best you've seen it? Yes. I think okay. the operations are getting better and better. So, in comparison, like I think just Project Zero in general is always going to be a slow ride to operate. I think the restraint system is clunky mm. um, and it has a lot of checks that are required um, but I did appreciate that in comparison to last time I went uh, they were loading up the queue whilst the ride was running so that's something that I didn't see last time so they're definitely getting faster and I think they're probably just going to get faster moving forward I'm just trying to remember the the, the queue master the person that divides everyone mm-hmm. into their gates mm-hmm. Is that the same person who loads that side of the train? Yes. Okay. That, okay, yeah. it is. So it's not it's not down to more staff today. It's down to you know either this particular combination of staff or in general they're getting better. Yeah. Look, another thing I did notice as well, um, which you obviously wouldn't know, this is the first time you've been on it, is when I first rode on it, um, it was very much move across. So to give you a visual, um, if you're listening, you, you enter the station. Uh, where the train is, you climb across the train to the other side to put your belongings down and then you mm. go back into the train. And that's how it was when it opened and that's how it was at least a few weeks ago. You'd climb across, you put your stuff in and then you come sit down. This time they seem to have streamlined that by having buckets that the workers would hold to you to prevent uh, you from having to walk across there I, and dilly-dally. I did notice that. I, I would almost argue it didn't help because... Well, at least for me, it was sort of helping someone. I don't know. I, I'm a big fan of the do-it-yourself, just throw in the bins. But again, maybe we're not the average crowd that doesn't know. You know, maybe most people get a bit confused or they try and go on the ride with phones and stuff in their pocket. So perhaps we're just reading into it a bit too much. And it is a good thing. Yeah. Look, I, I think there's benefits to both. If you let guests do it themselves... And hopefully you could start checking restraints and making sure everyone's buckled in before you do your final check. Mm. That could speed it up. But then again, you also don't want situations where people are standing there 
waiting around others, like crowding around those boxes to put your stuff there. And then you realize all of a sudden, like I did, you've got your wallet and your phone and your glasses and your hat. And there's a lot more on your person than what you thought. Mm. Um, so, it cuts down on that. But yeah, I think it's a, a win-win on either way you do it. Now, in terms of the ride itself, Matt, you said that it was a lot smoother than Dreamworld's iteration. To be fair, the last time I rode Buzzsaw, uh, it didn't have a seatbelt on it. So, it was a while ago and I remember not wanting necessarily to ride it again because of how rough it was becoming and I heard a lot of those comments towards the end of its life and that's why it sort of fell in popularity from what I heard was just because of how rough it was. It's still like... It's janky, probably. Like, it throws you around a bit. It's not smooth like TNT, but it's significantly smoother than what you would expect an 11-year-old roller coaster to be. Oh, I must admit, I thought the, the ride comfort was fairly good, except for, mm. obviously, that last bit where you're sort of going up the hill the second time and it sort of It grabs stops. you on the yeah, brake. Yeah. I wouldn't even call it braking. It just stops you. So, yeah, I, I definitely think that, you know, besides that, it rode pretty well. But I did, as soon as I got on, I went, that's right, these restraints aren't very good. So, that's the only other criticism I have for the ride is that the restraints, are, you know, they've got a reputation of not being very comfortable. No, but I mean, it does offer an experience that I guess you wouldn't get if you had an over-the-shoulder restraint. That Especially, is true. Yeah, that first um, climb backwards. And then when you also do your loop and you do that first sort of climb up the tower backwards, both times when you're hanging upside down, you get very much that feeling of, oh, crap, if I'm not holding onto this restraint, I'm falling out. Yep. No, that, that's fair. That is fair. So, jumping over to TNT, mm-hmm. uh, this is the first time you've ridden a coaster like this. Well, yep. not today, but in, you know, TNT in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, why don't you take uh, our listeners through what the ride experience is like? Yeah. So, as I mentioned earlier, um, you would typically put this in the same category as you would Roadrunner or Escape from Madagascar. It's designed for smaller people. I think the height restriction on it is like 103 or something or 130. It's 100 and there's a three in there somewhere, centimetres. So, it's not like you don't have to be tall to get on this coaster. But I feel like- it paces so much better than the other rides do. The initial drop on like Escape from Madagascar and Roadrunner, it's kind of like, wee, like it's a little bit. And then it's sort of just a gentle coast towards the end. With this one, the initial drop, you know, gets my heart pumping. Like it's a good, if you're sitting in the back, it's a good first drop. And then the other elements are sort of well paced. They throw you around the perfect amount. I think it's a good coaster. I reckon- Big call. I reckon it's going to be the most popular coaster in the park. Yeah, I will say I was trying to weigh up between the two. Um, I mean, both rides didn't have long lines. I think just the fact that both rides are relatively low capacity and, you know, I guess operations probably aren't there yet. Although, to be fair, I didn't really get frustrated at all. Like, sometimes you get frustrated watching operations. You go, oh, like, why are they doing that? I didn't really feel that today. Perhaps I was just tired and hot and I just didn't pay attention. But, yeah, from what I see, I couldn't, you know, I'd be you'd be saving... Five seconds here and ten seconds there. There was. It's not like Leviathan where they're like making you watch the AV, you know, presentation yeah. before the train dispatches. So, yeah, I think the queue lines were fairly for a regional park. They were long, but for the Gold Coast Park, it's like yeah, probably the, the same amount you'd see say lining up for Roadrunner. That sort of 
you know, 15 metre worth of line. Yeah. No, I, I agree. It's it's not peak summer at a Gold Coast park, but it's sort of like relatively busy day at a Gold Coast park. And considering that this is the only two coasters they have, I think it's a really good thing they put in that second coaster because it probably would have put a lot more pressure on them to have that queue for both lining up for just TNT. Yeah, 100%. And uh, that's it. I just just want to say it's kind of cool that they did both at the same time. Like a lot of parks would probably go, "Oh, we'll do this one this year, this one the next year." It's kind of cool they just kind of dropped two on us. A little bit like guess Wizard of Oz. They're doing you know a few at the same time, but mm. yeah, I think that's you know. I mean, it needs to be said that the Gumbaya World have done a fantastic job pushing Victorian parks, you know, to the next level. I mean, these guys. Yep whether you want to admit it or not, have superseded, say, your Aussie worlds and your... They're probably on the same level now as, say, your Adventure World in Perth. I mean, they've yeah. got a little bit to go in terms of, I think, the flat ride section. They don't really have adult flat rides yeah. unless you count that travelling gyro swing. But, yeah, they're hot on the tail of the Gold Coast parks. And, mm. yeah, I, I'm, I'm, oh. I'm definitely pretty happy with the way things are going. It's very hot. <laughs> Oh, really? It doesn't matter. We we don't need a... Wow. Do you reckon that's why it turned off? Yeah, it would have been. We don't, for those, we don't need video. For those listening still, and if if Blake didn't edit this out, yeah, the GoPro just turned off. It's very hot in the sun. And if so. you're watching this on YouTube, you're probably now watching B-roll footage from a different true. day. True. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> um, but no, back to what you were saying. I think the park here, Gumbaya, is definitely challenging what a Victorian theme park should be. I think today is a good example of Victoria's weather is not bad. Um, It's very, very hot today. Mm. But, yeah, we can have some bad days in Victoria. We might have a bit of rain, but generally speaking, the weather is good enough for a theme park. Now, I'd be very interested to see what Luna Park Melbourne does, especially having a new CEO. I don't know if that was reactive to what's happening at Gumbaya or if that was coincidence. But I think from what's happened with Luna Park Sydney and now it's happened with Gumbaya World, Luna Park Melbourne is probably the only park in Victoria that could compete with Gumbaya World at the moment because all your operations. And okay, they, they yeah, have, I see what you're going Yeah, they get. have to do something to keep up because otherwise they're going to fall behind. Yeah, I mean, I will say, um, and this is probably going a little bit off topic now, but I always looked at Luna Park Melbourne as sort of that kind of running off its its laurels of being, you know, the traditional. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, you know, we should dive into this more on a, a future episode because, yes, they have just brought in a, in a new CEO yep. who um, I know who has a lot of passion for the theme park industry. This is not someone who is, you know, business running restaurants or hotels. This is someone who's mm. been, you know, operations at a theme park. So, yeah, I think we should talk about that more on a future episode. But yeah, you you know, I mean, you make a good point. Yeah, year-round operation. So Fun Fields isn't year-round. Fun Fields and Adventure Park. I think. <laughs> yeah, Adventure Park. Yep. Um, they're both seasonal. So okay. actually, Fun Fields open significantly later than they would typically would this year. They opened, I think, around November, where they would normally open a bit earlier than that. Um, but typically, you'd see them go from just after. The third term starts, I think, or the fourth term starts, all the way up to um, after Easter, and then they close after Easter. So, I think Gumbaya World is especially in a position where they can do that year round. I don't think Funfields and Adventure Park can, 
just because of how integrated their water slides are throughout the park, mm. you can't just block it off like you can at Gumbaya World. Well, I think that'll be an interesting question for our interview tomorrow at Funfields or, or you know, probably not tomorrow if you're listening. It'll be a little bit of time before we get them all edited and uploaded. Back to Gumbaya. Did we, did we, I feel like we glossed over a little bit of TNT, but I think in a nutshell, we've got family ride, fun, mm-hmm. you know, thrilling for those that are new to roller coasters, mm-hmm. you know, definitely the better theming of the two. Yeah. Um, yeah, just all around, just a really solid choice. I, I can't, I honestly can't cr- like criticize any element or can't suggest anything they could have done different bar a little bit more shade, like I mentioned at the top of the episode. Yeah, when you go into the overflow queue, it is a bit more exposed. It's still in like a chain linky sort of thing, and there are things around that could create a bit of shade, but there's no overhead shade. But I also think that could be intentional so that you could see the ride, take it as you will. Mm. Um, But yeah, I mean, I guess we didn't really talk about both... Both rides, like the rest of the park at Gumbaya, had all of its theming designed by Pico, um, who I think have done, yeah, an excellent job, as you said. We didn't really look at it too much. I did try to show you in the line. I don't feel like you were in the mood for reading. Um, but there's, yeah. a line, there's quite a storyline for TNT that actually works throughout the whole area. So, you can see, um, you know, this is their head office. This is where they run their operation from. Outside where the tunnel is that you fly through, that's sort of like a storage area for their explosives. So, there's a story that sort of follows through that whole area. It's not just like a slap, here's a ride, Tony and Terry or whatever their names were, they have this company, get on and enjoy it. There's a story to it. And you can, if you take the time through the queue, you can learn that story. I'm going to throw something out at you and this might just be me being cranky at this point or maybe it's something that I'll guess will go, hmm. But I must admit, if I of all people, sorry, that sounds really bad. But like, you know, someone who's interested in theme parks, (laughs) you know, yes, I wasn't super energetic by the end of the day, glossed over it. Perhaps it means they didn't do a good job explaining it. Like if you think about, you know, the overseas parks, you know, Harry Potter, the Disney Mm. rides, you know, the story is very much in your face. So maybe that's a good criticism to walk away with. We need one criticism. Yeah. And that's it. Maybe they just, they, you know, they relied too much on text. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got a good point. There's a lot of reading. If you're standing in line, reading is probably something for you to do. But yeah, I do get oh, like- I read Facebook while I was in line. Yeah, that's that's a valid point. So, but look, I think, I think that's kind of a tongue-in-cheek criticism. In all honesty, it presents well. Mm. I'll have to read it sometime. I and think it's on, online. You can read it. Oh, good. And yeah, I, I think it's going to be interesting going to Funfields tomorrow and just getting a vibe of how things are over there. Yeah, and another thing I'm really interested to see is, so, if you followed my MIDI theme parks, you would have seen throughout the year I posted updates of these coasters. And through the dead of winter, on those, especially the rainy days, there were very few people in the park. And that's just because it's a cold, rainy day in Melbourne. You're not really going to go to a theme park, especially when it's just the animal area that's open. I'm interested to see if these coasters changes that culture a little bit. Um if I go on a 10-degree day in the middle of winter, are people still going to be going on these rides? Is there going to be more people at the park than there was last year because there's more to do at the park? I've said it before, and I hope it's still going to, like, I hope it plays out this way, but build it and they will come. So, mm-hmm. yes, it'll be very interesting coming on a 
you know, cool winter's day when the park would have been quiet. Yep. If it's going to have a line and, and yep. people still in the park. Good point. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not going to complain if it's not too busy because it means more rides for me. But I think it's, yeah, it's definitely going to push that envelope a little bit more of what a Victorian theme park is. Because if we've got the likes of Adventure Park, Fun Fields, witnessing a park doing successful year-round operations, it's really going to question, is it worth only operating, operating for half the year? I think a closing thought would be if Melbourne can do a year-round park, they're going to do a lot more than even the US and European parks can do. And I know they do; they have snow and all that. Mm. But still, you know, some even in LA, some of those parks can't sustain year-round operations or they've just... I'm, I'm using Six Flags Magic Mountain as an example. I believe they only just went back you know, about a year ago or something. To, I should have researched that element. But, but yeah, long story short, it will be a big success story if they can do year-round operations and make money. Yeah, well, I mean, another good call-out for it is they've just changed their passes from season to annual. Um, so, a lot of the people who would be buying season passes for the summer period are now going to have access to the park all winter long as well, up until whenever they bought their pass to 12 months. Mm. So, that could even bring more people in. The fact that, oh, it's the weekend, I want something to do, I have a pass to come buy a world, let's go ride some roller coasters. 100%. Well, I think on that note, we should probably uh, wrap it up. I think we're about 40 or so minutes in pre-edit time. So, yeah, let's wrap it up here. Let's have some dinner and sleep and go to Funfields tomorrow and have a chat to the owner. Before uh, we do wrap up, Mm -hmm. I have a question for you. Sure. I hyped this up for you all year. I feel like every conversation, I was like, oh, my God, Ash. And then I show him a picture of the roller coaster construction. Was the hype real? Look, you put me on the spot. Um, <laughs> was it worth your trip down? Would you say, uh, like, a Queensland? Because obviously, Queenslanders have the parks in Queensland. Yeah. And not necessarily Queenslanders. It could be anyone in any state. Is it worth traveling to Victoria with Gumbaya World being on your heel? It's not necessarily coming for Gumbaya World, but... Would you say that Gumbaya World is a reason that could persuade you to come down to Victoria? What I'm going to say, because I feel like me going on about it is so, like, what I think, you know, in my hearts of hearts of visiting, you know, a good number of theme parks and having the Gold Coast parks on my doorstep. You're very lucky. Yes. I'm going to just echo what I saw in the park today, which was everyone having fun, mm-hmm. you know, decent lines, People were there spending money. They were there till close. Mm-hmm. Like that's a big. That's that's quite a interesting observation. I think that these people stuck around. Like we we got the park late, and On the a park very hot day. And the park, like the Gold Coast parks, would have lost more in that time yeah. in terms of in terms of crowds. You know, leaving early. So I think the way to summarize it is: who cares what I think? What I saw was people really enjoying the park, and you know there was no dead spots in the park. Yep. It it honestly felt like everything was working pretty much to perfection. I think they've done a good job with the master plan mm-hmm. and people seem to be enjoying themselves, except one person on Buzzsaw who said, is that it? <laughs> did you hear that? <laughs> you mean Project Zero. I did, oh, sorry. Sorry. I that was an honest that. mistake. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I, I didn't hear that, but that's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, still, regardless of, of all of that, I still think it's very, I'm sure everyone would echo, it's very impressive. That this is different to their normal master plan, as you mentioned. It's actually um, quite different. If you okay, look at thanks, the master man. plan yep. in their, their <laughs> services, it's very different. But it's impressive that they can put in two roller coasters in the off-season 
and most of Victoria is like, what? Like, blown away, couldn't believe that it happened. Even people in Queensland are like, this is almost unheard of two roller coasters dropping in one year. Yep. No, you're right, mate. That uh, I definitely agree with you on that one. And yeah, I'm excited to see what the future has in store. Me too. More coasters, hopefully. Yeah. How's that B&M giga going? I All reckon right. they could fit it in. <laughs> car park. Yeah, car park coaster. <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the episode. And as usual, you can make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram and subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Ash, for coming down to Victoria. Thank you, Matt, for paying for my entire trip. Thank you for driving the car. Yeah, he didn't pay for my entire trip. But Ash did drive. I did drive. <laughs> I did drive. Thanks, folks. We'll see you next time. Bye.